no driving gloves. We're a combination of gearheads. John, the instigator. Derek, the conservator. Will, the builder. Sean, the racer. And maybe a guest. Invite you to listen while they sit down, have a drink, and discuss cars. Subscribe to the podcast with no driving gloves. Time now for the ride. Hey, everybody. Got three of us here tonight. They obviously heard my solo episode from last week and wanted to participate this week. No more, no more of John's solo. Yeah, exactly. It's only been out a couple of days because we record shortly after we release. Already got some great responses. If you don't know what I'm talking about, last week's episode, basically I said we've got a survey out there at nodrivinggloves.com backslash survey. You can go there, fill out a survey, give us your opinion on how the show's going. So far, it doesn't look like anybody wants us to change too much. Um, and you can, I love Amazon gift cards. I said it last week. I'll say it this week. So somebody, somebody who responds to the survey and we don't get tons of responses. I mean, you've got a really good shot. It's 25 bucks at Amazon. Get yourself a tire gauge or whatever. You can go through our website, you know, nodrivinggloves.com and buy something through our Amazon store, a book from Tom Cotter or Tony Watley's book or something from, from the past episodes. Wait, you were you were saying that you love Amazon gift cards to give away. I thought you were saying you love Amazon gift cards for people to send us. Oh, I, I so don't we mind can that buy either. Stuff. Well, you can send me an Amazon oh. gift card. Anytime anybody ever gifts me one of those stupid Visa gift cards that you can't use anywhere and you never know what the balance is, that, that instantly becomes an Amazon gift card. I just, every one of those I get, I buy Amazon credits or gift cards or put it in my Amazon account. And I spend it there. So save yourself the five bucks on the Visa gift card and just give me an Amazon gift card. I don't understand that. Oh, give me a hundred dollar uh, Visa gift card and I'm going to pay four ninety five for it. Just send me a hundred and four ninety five in an Amazon card and we'll call it good. There's my little tirade. But go to the survey, check it out, get a chance to win. Part of one of the questions is give us feedback on the new website. I think it's really easy to navigate. Very clean. Very simple. What are you guys up to? Sitting here, looking how ugly Derek is. Hey, how's it going? Good to see you too, Will. <laughs> I've just been working seven days a week. Four days at Big Oak. Is that it? Yeah, four days at Big Oak and three days making TV shows. So. <laughs> at least you get to divide it up. I'm doing seven days now, and some days it's three jobs some days and I, I could even see some days now it being four so i picked up that new territory manager job with an electronics company and i'm gonna Ooh. <laughs> it, it, it'll add a few dollars to the pot here and hopefully improve some of the equipment not affecting any of the podcasting stuff uh, i'm just overworking myself isn't that what we all do in america well you've got a private office Derek. you shut the door lock it and you can get to take a nap right <laughs> yeah, until somebody knocks on it every minute to ask me a question. I've I've now added um, restaurant design uh, management to my portfolio. So we're we are renovating the cafe slash restaurant at the museum, and uh, seeing I manage the facilities department. Well, I, I guess I've become the project lead on it too. So. Uh, yeah. Are you going to change the menu? Yeah, the menu is changing. Hell yeah. For the good? 
Uh, I think the, it'll be. I think the, it'll be very good for the vegan friendly good, or like for the meat connoisseur guy like me, good for the all around everybody good. Honestly, we're. Let's just say, do you remember? Do you remember the restaurant you and I went to when you were in town? Yep. Our uh, our new head chef uh, was uh, heavily involved in that restaurant. Oh, nice! Yeah. So are you, are 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 you stepping up from the little um, diner type food to a more of a dining establishment? Will this be something that you, you somebody would like take a date to or something? Without we, necessarily being a museum patron, we're we're hoping that could happen. Yeah, yeah. Are we're going to be. Uh, are we going to have what? Shrimp and grits. I don't know if that's on the menu or not. Yeah. Our our yeah. chef is is still still nailing down the menu. You got to tell him put those shrimp and grits on there. All right. Oh my god. I would think you're a little too too far north for that. But yes, we will be uh, we will be serving dinner once in a while. I wouldn't right. think so. I've been in Bowling Green for four years now. Shrimp and grits are big here. I don't spend a lot of time in Bowling Green. Occasionally, I stop by the Corvette Museum. Sometimes I stop and pick up some Kentucky bourbon ale for my father. What was it, once? I've been to the Corvette Museum three times. Oh, okay. I've been, I've been to it more than that in one week. Yeah. Aren't you special? Heck, I'm pretty sure he we, he was here for a week solid in and out of <laughs> class. It was what was that four or five days? I think it's five day. Well, four and a half day class, isn't it? They usually wrap up half day on Friday. Yeah, and then when we came in for LS Fest, we were there for two days back to back. No, three days because uh, we had a little mishap going to the racetrack, and uh, I met. I met the guys with the with the with the Camaro in the parking lot of the Corvette Museum. So, oh yeah, there was there was something that happened after hours. That's right, I remember that. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so to answer to back up and answer your question, John. Yes, we're we're calling it a uh, a Corvette inspired dining experience. So fast and expensive. No, no, we're going to keep it reasonably priced, and and probably not fa- the fast is depending on how fast you eat it. So, yeah, that's. But no, the the that was probably the, my biggest complaint about the diner there. You know, when I go to a museum and that, I'm not expecting gourmet food. Now it'd be great if you go to that, but I think it was you, me, and your wife were there, and I can't remember if I had somebody with me or not, but it seemed to take a long time to like get hot dogs and hamburgers or something. Was Amanda with me? Yeah, we had no, no, I think okay. the, the only, the time you've been up here, you came alone cause you were on your way through for barber for something. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be a little different experience. It's going to be pretty cool. Uh, I think everybody, I think we talked about it on the show that Tom Peters kind of joined my staff at the museum uh, aiding with design work, stuff like that. So let's just say, you know, Tom's been involved in some of the design of the the cafe as well. So I'll look forward to seeing it. Maybe eventually this COVID stuff will be over and we can go visit people and see people and venture out and wander around. You know me, I'm still a recluse until uh, it gets under control. Uh, 
and why I won't go too far and down for good that. reason. I would say, Will and I did that episode a few weeks ago, and uh, that was my soapbox, and so far we haven't had that. Uh, I haven't heard of too many people that attended World of Wheels becoming ill, but I've heard of a couple. So <laughs> where do we want to go from here? I mean, we threw out a whole bunch of things to chat about. We catch up on some old episodes, talk about some cars for sale. I kind of had a cool thing happen to me today, and it might solve that little, hey, I want a toy car problem, or fix so oh wait somebody, a second we gotta we gotta we gotta hear about this because you did not bring that up in the pre-show oh no um Holding I, out I, on I us? can't i can't remember what the car looks like and i can't can't even remember what gener i i can't even remember what generation it is but a friend of mine has a i want to say project but it's probably it's not junk it just needs some touching up and probably a paint job uh, because it was uh, murdered out with uh, Krylon paint at one point. But I might be getting a free CRX. Maybe an engine rebuild, new transmission. No, because the car oh. was a, a, the car was required to be a uh, race car. Um, so all of that was good, and it was just being – it was going to be converted. The interior's in good shape. Etc. But I don't know if it's a first or second generation CRX. I can't remember. I remember it being a good car when I saw it years ago. The gentleman that has it has um, offered it to me, and I think I'm going to go ahead and take it. I might just go into storage for a while, but I'm not going to say no to a free CRX. <laughs> you going to LS swap it? Probably not. <laughs> Maybe I, I was talking to talking to somebody on Facebook, and she threw out the idea. She's got tons of cars, and said, "Oh, I'm thinking of doing a Coyote swap to my '67 Mustang Notchback." And I kind of said, "But it's it's a bench seat car. It's one of like 500 bench seat cars oh, okay. from '67." Yeah. I I kind of said, "You know, a bench seat car screams EcoBoost. That seems like you leave the yeah. bench seat in there, and you put the four cylinder, which hell puts out as much power as a." Uh, coyote with a little bit of a modification and is lighter. That's the way I would do it, just being the four seat or four cylinder bench seat car. But that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said she laughed at me and said, "No, it'd be a coyote if I do anything." Yeah. Lacking in creativity, I tell you. Yeah. And why I say that, I'll go ahead and say you I sound like if, sounds if any, like something. It just sounds like something Big Oak Garage would just do. Just like, oh, let's just throw a coyote in it. Yeah, just just be like everybody else and throw a coyote in it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I, we do. We uh, try to we try to follow trends, not set trends. You know exactly. Yeah. yeah I mean, everything that comes out of at 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 a Big Oak, right? You just order out of the Summit catalog and bolt on in a couple of days. But yep. Yep. <laughs> We call them bubble Actually, think, pack parts. We're the king yeah. of bubble pack parts. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I think. Aren't you still getting some stuff from J.C. Whitney too? Yeah, J.C. Whitney. That's our. Yeah. That's actually our number one supplier. Um, I actually know J.C. Personing now. We're like their number one, you know, wholesaler. So you know, we got a pretty good deal rolling with J.C. Whitney right now. Yeah. Well, I know quite Sweet. often when I go back home to Illinois, I pass one of your trucks usually going the opposite direction, you know, coming from Chicago and the J.C. Whitney warehouse. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they just they're just coming straight to Big O, <laughs> you know, straight out of the J.C. Whitney catalog. <laughs> <laughs> 
my favorite thing is they still got those seat covers. We put them in everything. Nice. I was. I'm kind of looking. I'm. I'm hoping to add to a few of my cars. The you know the fuel optimizer. You know, it takes it from 15 miles to the gallon to 150. Snap it on the fuel line and off you go. We've been we've been messing around with those, and we've actually got them up to 400 miles per gallon. Is that the water injection ones? Yeah, meth. Oh, sweet. Yeah, meth. Wait, which which meth? I can't. That's the secret. It's our. Oh, it's okay. Our, it's our big oak concoction. Gotcha. And, um, yep. So the big thing is you got to get alcohol free leaded gas. That's the problem. I I, I was just curious. Did uh, J C Whitney really still exist? And uh, J C Whitney know, looks forward. Right I have no idea. Next hundred years. Uh, we remain innovative with our first ever line of accessories and overall relaunch on carparts.com. I use car-parts.com quite often. So they are still around. But I guess they own. Well, it's carparts.com. New era for JCW. JC Whitney was merged into carparts.com. There you go. LaSalle, Illinois. Uh, one of the last things I think I did as a resident of Illinois was actually drive to LaSalle and I picked up one of those, um, what are they called now? Hitch hauls, you know, the metal tray that goes into your trailer hitch. It's about two feet, two and a half feet deep. I bought one of those for our move for mm-hmm. Aaron and I's move to Kansas. It was one of the first ones because we would have bought that in 90. Six nine ninety seven, and nobody had even seen these things. And now, of course, you can buy them at Walmart or whatever. And I still have that one. It's a little rusty and beat up, but I still will throw it on one of my trailer hitches every now and then. And you know, something that I don't want to put in my trunk that's kind of dirty. I remember one time. Maybe you remember, Will? I don't know. I, well, I probably would have been at McPherson with it. I had Aaron's Jeep, and I had the hitch haul on the back. And over at the Mustang storage facility, of course, I had one of the garages I'd got off of, um, I want to say his name was Jamie, bought a Fiat X19 off of him, which I ended up leaving in the storage thing and just abandoned it all. So probably got sold at one of the storage auctions. But I got the motor and everything and loaded it up on this hitch haul on the back of the Jeep. And I drove out to Wyndham to go to work. And then I drove back to Hutchinson on the back roads. And I remember the whole front end of the Jeep just bouncing up and down because I had about 500 pounds on this hitch haul hanging off the back of the short wheelbase Jeep. One of the stories, one of those adventures that we didn't die doing. And I really oh, don't yeah. know whatever happened I, with that motor. <laughs> I, I think I can honestly say I have never bought anything from J.C. Whitney. Oh, I bought... If you go back to my second car in 88 ish, 89, my Mazda B2000 Sundowner pickup, the 84, I know I bought, uh, I want to say LED lights, but they weren't LED in 88 lights and bolted them on the, the truck and then put a, everybody does the neon brake light or the LED brake lights between the bumper and their tailgate. They had these light strips I did between the bumper and my tailgate. On that, and even my Azuzu, I think I, I bought stuff. So yeah, I, I've bought some things off of J.C. Whitney over the years. 
And I might have actually bought some of those seat covers you refer to. I know I had a black furry set of seat covers, and I really think they're J.C. Whitney. I don't think they were AutoZone or Western Auto at the time. No, I mean, you got to go high class. So I, I can honestly say I don't think I, I have to be on Will's side here. I, I, I don't recall ever ordering anything from J.C. Whitney. So pretty sure I can safely say that. I mean, I remember looking at the catalogs when I was a kid. You know, them newspaper type. The newspaper, yeah. yep. Yep. Um, I remember looking at them and, and thinking, man, that'd be cool. And, you know, they always had like chain steering wheels and, you know, just footprint gas pedals. and But it wasn't the Moon Eyes. It was some off-brand, you know. No, oh, uh, of course, you know, knockoff. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it was a J.C. Whitney, but I had uh, one of those – footprint gas pedals in my little red express when i first bought it hell yeah jc whitney all right Is sorry it? you guys both looked it up now i gotta pull up jc whitney and, and i can't find any parts on this site i can just find a history of jc whitney go to carparts.com there's a ton of crap on there i'm at carparts.com uh forward slash jc whitney 1995 oh, the okay. first jc whitney hot wheels model clean classic 56 Chevy flash side hit the market and it's it was an ultra fast I recognize the wheels from the ultra fast line of hot wheels interior accessories exterior accessories wheels they're doing wheels now yeah tools everybody's Man. doing wheels wheels is easy money oh yeah there's the interior oh yeah here's our seat covers baby American flag seat covers yeah America, America, baby. Somehow, I also uh, already have recently viewed products, and it's carpet for a. Oh, I know why now. Okay, never mind. Evidently, somehow I looked at this website. <laughs> Derek's considered buying something. No, I was doing some research uh, for some carpet for a, a car that of a friend of mine to see if they actually existed, and I found a, a very quality product that uh, wound up going in the car, and it's uh, actually very nice. Yeah, they were this. I guess maybe at the time I did not realize CarParts.com was J.C. Whitney. So that is not who we bought the carpet from. Don't they have 129,000 parts for electric vehicles, plug-ins and hybrids. Wow. Mm, interesting. I think I've been to carparts.com. I didn't realize it was JC Whitney's either. They suckered us in. They got us. I don't want to look at that vehicle anymore. Oh my god, now it's got me locked into the vehicle I was looking at. I just want to see it all. Wow, we're getting really off topic here. We need to be sponsored by J.C. Whitney. That'd be kind of cool. Or carparts.com. We can just lie and say we are. That's one of the strate- strategies people say to do is, just say, you know, we're sponsored by J.C. Whitney and carparts.com. You know, visit them and maybe after, after a certain period of time, maybe another sponsor will believe us. I think I just got a text offering me another job. Well, actually... Really? You're taking a text in the middle of the show. Jeez. That that should have been um, a question on the (sighs) survey. Maybe I'll have to go back and add it because I am talking to a company about bringing a sponsorship to the show. If you don't want to see us bring a sponsor to the show, please buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. Go to the website, click through, and uh, look up No Driving Gloves on um, Buy Me a Coffee. Get us a couple of coffees and prevent yourself from hearing a sponsor. 
And remember, this episode of No Driving Gloves brought to you by The Listener. Exactly. Wouldn't that be nice? I was going to say, the reason we would do a sponsorship is Derek's got this habit of buying things. And he needs some fundage. And so I was swinging to maneuver the topic a little bit away from J.C. Whitney. No, okay. Well, I was swinging it to using something you said about J.C. Whitney to swing it into one of the other topics we were thinking about on the pre-show because you brought up accessories for uh, electric and hybrid vehicles and all of that. And I was going to, you know, bring up the uh, big news out of Porsche that came out. I think it was late last week. And, uh, you know, uh, if anybody saw the article, they're, they're, at least claiming, I you know, I don't know, I haven't seen a lot of articles about it, but they're talking about developing a synthetic fuel for internal combustion engines that will reduce carbon emissions and nitrous oxides and all the bad things that go into the air from, uh, you know, uh, hydrocarbon fuels, let's call it found that interesting you know one of those you know kind of new directions the audio uh the audio the auto industry is is looking into it seems so maybe porsche will although they have their own electric vehicle cars and you know electric vehicles now maybe porsche will be one of the companies that helps save the internal combustion engine who knows well that's you know, one of the things is, and we've even talked about it on the show, we've talked a lot about electric vehicles, and Will's voiced his opinion on it a little bit. We don't know if le- electric's the way it's going to go. Right now, it's the thing, and that's what's popular. True, true. We can blame that all on the spaceman, Elon. Uh, you know, he marketed, he got a product out there that everybody wanted and made it desirable. But just because he sold, what is it, what is Tesla sold, 400,000 cars or something now? Just because he's done that doesn't necessarily You're his mean- buddy. <laughs> doesn't mean port or uh, electric's the answer. But what I found funny about this Porsche article, it was all over the automotive sphere in the sphere. It was all over the automotive sphere in the last week, week and a half, right? If you do a Google yeah. search, it was on Porsche's website in September of last year. It was on Porsche's website in December of last year. It was on NBC's CNBC's website in December of last year. And it, we missed it everywhere. And then all of a sudden, late February, February 23rd, Car and Driver ran the article and everybody picked it up. I don't quite understand the synthetic fuel. I don't, you know, that seems like a huge adaptation. I don't know, is this the thing where I see the synthetic fuel and, you know, there's very little little information on it. I see it as a fuel that's going to be used for collector vehicles. It'll be something you can probably buy and store, you know, buying 25-gallon drums or 50-gallon drums and store it in your shop and be able to power your classic vehicles with it. I kind of see that more than trying to develop something to continue operation of the uh, internal combustion engine. I believe we've had that day and i don't think that's going to be the power plan of the future maybe the other thing i thought the moment i read this is there's always been this rumor and it's kind of unsubstantiated that in world war ii hitler and the nazis had created fuel based on water whether or not that's true or not i don't quite buy into it 
but it all of a sudden got my me and my conspiracy theory thinking it, it, it is this possibly the modernized view, version of this old World War II synthetic fuel that Germany was working on so that they didn't have to worry about oil supplies and gasoline supplies as the war went on? Well, I mean, it is Porsche, so maybe well, they had it locked in their safe. Didn't um, Prestone or somebody like that 10, 15 years ago have have something that you kept in the trunk of your car, and if you run out of gas, you could pour it in your tank and get to the gas station? I mean, I, there was something. I can't remember if it was Prestone or not, but there was. Y'all remember that? No, no, I don't. I don't remember that, but what am I? What's the racing fuel? VF, VC, V? Oh, um. Not VHT. Um, no, that's paint. Is it VR? VP. VR fuel? VP, VP. VP, VP, VP racing it. fuel is in a, is a synthetic gasoline. No, it's not zero emission or anything, but it's a synthetic gasoline, if I remember correctly, from that. having to buy that. I guess, you know, I guess if you really think about it, it sounds... Re- so maybe they're working on the... It sounds really cool online and in the headlines, but maybe it's really not that new of a thing. Maybe it's really not that different of a thing. Well, you know, you're right. I mean, it could be that it's not really new. Maybe it's a a new formula, maybe a lower, you know, VP. Uh, and I think you're right. I seem to remember that it's VP is synthetic racing fluids. And, you know, obviously that's high octane. Maybe they're working on a little lower octane version that can be run in cars. And I mean, as someone who collects antique cars and, and, you know, in some ways, you know, classic cars, and there's a whole show getting into what defines an antique versus a classic car, you know, the thought of petroleum based fuels disappearing and, and how would you run the early cars without gasoline? I mean, likely we'll always have gasoline around. It'll just be terribly expensive to buy it. But, you know, if there was a synthetic version that we could run in the early cars and, and keep them going, I mean, and if you have an early enough car, there are other fuels you can, can run those on. They, you know, depending on the compression ratio and things, especially like model T's, they don't have to always run on gasoline. There's things you can do, but it would be beneficial to the, the, at least the hobby to have something that we could continue to operate the vehicles that would be a cheaper alternative to petroleum-based fuels. Well, I can guarantee you VP is not cheaper than, because I remember buying it, what, uh, one or two of the motorcycles. I'm not saying cheaper than now. Oh. <laughs> but I'm not saying cheaper than now. If if the oil industry and, and thing go things go the way thoughts are that, you know, uh, and I mean, you look at the price of gas in places like London, England and things like that, it's likely that a synthetic fuel once developed and heavily produced in mass quantities, the price will come down. That's, I'm not saying currently, I'm saying in the future. That's where I am, John. This was made by Penzoil and it was called Rescue. I vaguely remember. Penzoil Rescue. I vaguely remember that. And, you know, roadside rescue or whatever. 
where if you run out of, you know, you run out of gas in your car, it gets you down the road. It's, you know, it's, uh, you know, emergency fuel additive. Hmm. 88 octane. Is it still available? I don't know. Uh, don't look. Like Doesn't look like it. The article I'm reading is from 2000. Yeah, this was a long time ago. Oh, whoa, whoa. 2000 was not a long time ago. Like, let's not that. I mean, if it, it I don't want to, I don't want to feel old. Okay. 2000 was 20 years ago. That's a pretty long time. Ago. 21 years ago. You can almost get antique car plates on a car from 2000. We're like three years away oh from my that, God. dude. <laughs> let's not, let's not talk. Kid, it came, I mean, kids born in 2000 right now are, you know, or at least in January and February of 2000 can legally drink. I don't want to think about that. Something I like about at, you know, at the cigar shop, you card people because smoking and drinking is now both 21. And as long as it begins and the age begins in a 19, the year doesn't matter because anybody born in the 1900s now can smoke or drink. Sorry, everybody. It makes me feel old. I'm sure it makes our listeners feel old or some of our listeners. I hope we have some young ones out there. Oh, we've talked Hitler and Nazis and Porsche and synthetic fuels and CRXs. And we where, are. Where else are we going to go it tonight? <laughs> JC Whitney, three guys talking over each other, probably because of recording software. Exactly. What's next? Well, I mean, we can bring up the other topic two episodes ago or maybe three when it was just you and me chatting cars, John and, uh, I don't remember the title of the episode exactly, but we talked about uh, the need for, uh, you know, Derek to think about a family enclosed sedan. Yeah, I think that was episode 164. I'll know here in just a second as I. Oh, like I'm supposed to remember what episode number. Well, the nice thing about the new website, you just type in nodrivinggloves.com and boom, the last couple of episodes just pop up right there on the homepage. Did you see that set up? Boom. Good Family Classics was was episode 164, released on February 15th. It's kind of a Valentine's Day episode. It was a jam session. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. I might even ask the listeners to add comments. I don't, I don't think I saw anyone send anything in about good family sedans, but... There were one or two suggestions. There were one or two oh, suggestions really? on Facebook. Well, I missed that. I apologize to our listeners. Now I feel like I need to go look before I say anything. Filler music, guys. Not that one. Not that one. Too soon. Come on, Derek. All right, fine. I'll just say it. I bought a family sedan. Actually, yesterday, finished the deal. So I have acquired a 1931 Chrysler CM6 five passenger sedan. So pretty cool car. My, my kids would be pissed off if I brought in that for the new family sedan. Why? Why? Yeah. Those are spoiled ass, rotten, no power windows, no air condition, nowhere. Whose fault is that? Nowhere to plug in their iPad evolution. That's no, the problem. it's not evolution. See, if you would have started them in a car like this when they were one and two years old, well, hell, then that's they wouldn't I, know any different. That's all I could afford when they were that age. Exactly. They go places with their friends and 
you know, why can't we have this and why can't we have that? So they watch YouTube and television and listen you know what? to You know what my parents told me? You know what my parents told me when I said things like that? Tough titty. No, tough. they said because we're poor. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to put your kids through the same thing that you went through because your parents were poor. No, the cars I the cars I rode around when I was a kid were a lot worse than anything we have in the stables right now here. So I think my kids will have it a lot better than than I did. No, I think that's an awesome choice, Derek. Uh, uh, that's a it's a really cool car, and the grill the grill in that car is really really cool. Yeah, I think if you know, if, uh, obviously, I think a lot of our listeners probably don't know a lot of early car stuff and you know we i'm the one that has to drop all the early car history half the time on here and that's when people stop listening but you know if if you most don't know what the 31 chrysler cm6 looks like but you have to look it up and you have to look at the grill because the grill is the key to this car it is it is absolutely just beautiful well i i was kind enough to look up the um uh, Duesenberg that you asked for in the episode, whatever that was, 134, 168, whatever Duesenberg number that was. I put that as the, the cover art. Maybe I'll slip that grill photo you shot as our cover art for this episode. Uh, the listener comments, they were all top fans. Um, somebody suggested a Bentley Continental GT. Oh, I know who that was. <laughs> and then... Um, they figured more reasonable for Derek and his family, a 32 Bentley four and a half liter, uh, blower. Uh, well, I could do that. And he said, preferably the ex Henry Birkin car. So some of our listeners are familiar with older cars, but ironically, he almost nailed what you got. He suggested that you get a, a Murphy body 31 peerless V 16. Yeah, well, the one that exists that I used to take care of at the Crawford, that was the one Murphy-bodied 31 Peerless V16. But you listened to him. You bought a 1931 vehicle. That's true. And I always want to say you own a Peerless. I know. I do. I own a Peerless. The V8, though. So you're close. You put a Coyote motor in the back. Now you got a V16. (coughs) Well, I was going to throw one out. It was kind of funny. Uh, you know, we did the, the going back another episode, 165 to the George Sedlak episode. I post after we, we did the interview on the Tuesday night and talked to George for literally hours when, you know, an hour of the show made it out. For those of you who only heard four minutes, go back and refresh your uh, podcast catcher. I screwed up. I had a lot of editing problems and I uploaded the wrong episode, but there is actually... 56 minutes of that episode up there. But I posted to Facebook the following day that, you know, an interview George and his ties to evil and things like that. And my cousin messages me on Facebook and she goes, you know, my dad used to work for Roger Remus and uh, toured with evil. No. What? <laughs> I didn't realize my uncle, he wasn't my mom's brother. He was married to my mom's sister. So, whatever you call it, uncle-in-law, whatever. No, that's that's still just uncle. Yeah. <laughs> actually worked for Remus, actually toured with Evil, 
did a lot of his Florida trips with him and things like that. And so I reached out back out to George and said, Hey, did you know this so-and-so? And George says, eh, the name's vaguely familiar, but I'm not sure. Let me ask a couple of buddies. Now I've got a whole group of guys that used to work for Remus and uh, can start going back and doing stories. Unfortunately, that uncle divorced out of the family and has since passed away. So I can't get that firsthand. But I commented in the story or the interview, kind of a small world because George had went to the same school and lived in the same town as my dad. And then we found out he drove the same, virtually the same car. And now it turns out he's actually working with my relatives while I'm alive. It's just kind of a, you know, I don't know, too small of a world. But so we might end up revisiting with George and things. He shot me an image today. Uh, he's doing four murals on a Jeep Gladiator that the guy daily drives. And these things, if you haven't been to George's website, which there was some mistakes on, sedlakstudios.com, go there, visit. He's literally doing that quality of painting on a car somebody's driving on the road. And I, ju I just can't believe it. I mean, I can understand murals and gorgeous paintings on cars like Will's doing and being shown. I can't see putting four pieces of art like that on the road with people driving like, uh, I say my ex-girlfriend's sister, she can't drive her squat, but. <laughs> well, but maybe it harkens back to the, you know, murals on the vans of the 1970s. I guess that it does. Uh, gosh, I wish vanning would come back. People, there were some of those murals people put a lot of money and work into, and they were driving those vans pretty much every day. Yeah, there's a lot of semi-trucks on the road with. Oh, yeah. Badass yeah. mural painting on them, too. You know, and I want to think to the, uh, I guess I was thinking more of the low rider scene with the, all the airbrushing and the intricate artwork. And, you know, George does a lot of airbrushing and spray type painting like that, or the tailgates on the mini trucks. And so I guess it is done. It just, I don't know, it just kind of, kind of floored me because it's not something you see as much in 2021 as, well, Derek, you're right the vans of the seventies and the vans of the seventies that still have some of that original paint, some of that artwork as a guy that kind of keeps an ear to the ground of the van world. Some of those are worth some serious money just because of the artwork. Mm -hmm. Hey, speaking of that, we can get our buddy Jerry Dixie back on and talk about custom vanning. Cause he had a, uh, he had a custom van shop back in the seventies. I remember him touching on that. I'd like to get him back on. Is he retired yet or is he still? He'll never fully retire, but it's just, he's just a phone call away. Well, I mean, I guess with COVID and that, it probably kept him home a little bit. We ought to reach out to him and get him back on the show. Oh yeah. I, I can, I can make that happen. We could talk about custom banning. I've dominated the show a little bit. And then Derek's brought up some of the new toys he's gotten. Found something we'll discuss in a little bit that sh if any of the listeners would like to donate to the Corvette Museum, it might fit. But, Will, you got anything going on or anything interesting or anything happening up in the the Big Oak world? Not really. I mean, we had big plans early on this year and Grand National Roadster Show being canceled. That kind of, you know, put a pretty 
big dampering on that. So we're back to having a couple of cars debuting at SEMA again. Got new, some new projects in the shop that, you know, are go, moving along pretty good. And back to filming the TV show. So, I mean, I'm just seven days a week, candle can't, burning the candle at both ends. That's, you know, that's the biggest thing I got going on. Just Say, for a guy that's working as hard as you are, and we, I think we all kind of know how hard you're working, uh, you're aging a lot better than Chip Foose ever did. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, Chip, I don't, well, I, I'm not going to say that. I don't know if it's public knowledge. <laughs> Well, there, there was a couple things I was going to say there, too, from some of our conversations, and I'll leave those alone, too. Maybe we know why Chip aged. Yeah, maybe we, maybe we can get Chip on the podcast one day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, well, we maybe we should, because I, I don't know if I've talked about this yet, but the next exhibit that's coming in as a, a temporary exhibit at the Corvette Museum is an exhibit called Corvette Powered. And we've got like uh, Eso, you know, Eso Grifo, Eso Revolta's coming in. We've got a, a Bizzarini Strata that's going to be there, uh, Avante 2. Uh, we also have uh, some other really cool stuff coming in that I, I don't want to kind of ruin quite yet. But uh, one of the cars that is coming in, and, and Will, I'm sure you know this car, is uh, the Imposter. Oh, shit. And, uh, you know, we're we're bringing it in as, as part of the story because it's built completely on top of a 2009 Corvette chassis. So maybe, yeah, maybe there is a way to get chip on the show. That's the car that beat us in the Riddler. Well, maybe you should have used the Corvette chassis. I told Derek when he was telling me about this a couple of weeks ago, then I think that the will, will's got some um, bad feelings well, about to that me. Car. It's not, it's not a very pretty car. I mean, and 99% of the stuff that Chip does, I, I, I really enjoy looking at. Um, but the stance on that car just didn't look right. The I, I wasn't a fan of the wheels. You know, the color was a typical Chip color, so nothing really crazy there. Um, you know, one of the things that really kind of, on that car that really just kind of confused me was the quarter glass. All right, so the dart that we built, you know, we shortened that car uh, two inches behind the B-pillar, and we still made the quarter glass go down in the quarter. You know, it rolled up, rolled down. Um, the quarter glass in that car, you slid out manually and opened up a little thing behind the back seat and stuck it in there. You know, I mean, it's kind of cool, but... It takes a lot of work to engineer side glass to go up and down. And uh, that was one of the things that I was like, why, why, you know, we got a compartment that our quarter glass goes into and it's called the quarter panel, you know? Anyway, I just, I remember Chip showing me that in, uh, in Detroit at Cobo Hall. And I was like, well, it's kind of cool, but it just confused me, you know? But anyway. Not a real big fan of that car. Well, I'm glad I can upset you. I'm thinking, here's inspiration for you. You know how the new um, Rolls-Royce Phaetons have the umbrella in the door? So when you open the door, you push push on oh, the yeah. end of the umbrella and it pops out. You put, a slit, you put a slit in each door. 
So you take the side glass and it lifts out and then it slides into this slit yeah. in the door and then you shut the door. Instead of sliding down into the door, you actually physically get out of the car. It yes. Sounds very Austin Healy-ish. <laughs> you know, or what it reminds me of is a Dodge Viper with the early first generation Vipers where you put the doors in, or the windows in the trunk. Mm-hmm. Hey, 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 53 Corvettes had that. Come on. Well, that's when they were roadsters. You know, that's a true thing or a thing about roadsters. Yep. There was no place for door glass to go in the door. And it also, to technically be a roadster, it had to have a bolt-on windshield as well. Yes. And um, no exterior door handles. Correct. This is why I consider my 58 Lloyd a roadster. It has no convertible top, no doors, so no door handles, and uh, the windshield bolts on and off with six cheesehead machine screws, you know? There you go. It's a roadster. For that reason, it's going to get two windshields. It's going to get the one that was built with it originally, and then I'm going to fabricate one with Brooklyn screens that goes on it. There you go. I may also make a uh, removable folding top for it, just so I can... Drive it and not worry too much about rain. If you don't have side skirts, you're going to get soaked anyway. So what's it matter? I'd be more well, you I'd know. be more worried about the sun on that bald ass head. That's why you wear a hat. So it just blows off? You wear it backwards. Oh, 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 oh right. Like the cool right. kids. You're not going to be going fast enough in that car to blow your hat off. Well, I mean, zero to 60 in 60 seconds, baby. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> 19 horsepower. In my Briggs and Stratton on my go kart. Hey, hey, you guys know why a pregnant horse is better than a uh, uh, just a regular horse? Why? Because it's got two horsepower. Mm-mm-mm. Bad joke of the day. I'm working on my dad jokes. No offense, but good thing you're a foster dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole new level of dad jokes. <laughs> Foster dad jokes. <laughs> so the May last thing we'll touch the episode. on. And like it's. Um, no, I don't think we'll cut that part of the episode. <laughs> I think we're going to leave that in there. And because, I mean, we're going to get to something just as kind of sort of repulsive. If anybody's got a spare 13 grand and would like to donate it to the Corvette Museum. I don't suggest you give them the 13000 Yes, yes. I'd rather have the 13000 Encouraging you, they won't spend it the proper way. You need to go to Facebook Marketplace and find this amalgamation. Abomination. Is that a word? I can never pronounce words. No, I don't Amalgamation, amalgamation. is one it word. Be, abomination is it, another. Yeah, we need just to mutilate the word, too. Uh, and I don't even know how you say it. It. I couldn't tell you what years they were because God only knows what they changed. It's a 1,600-mile pair of C3 Corvettes that have merged themselves into a four-door Corvette. They have become one with each other. hearkening back, it's a four-door Corvette for $13,000. Now, Derek and I did talk, and there are the, the series, and I think he knows who built them. Uh, five or maybe it's only four four door Corvettes that were built in 1980 by a company and they did a really, really nice job. But isn't it like 
200 and some odd thousand dollars for the one that's for sale right now. Yeah. So that's the, the California custom coach, uh, company out in Pasadena built them. I think there were, I don't know that there's a, I mean, maybe if you found the records there, I think the definitive number is six, but I've not done the research to prove that, but yes, they did a custom four door Corvette that is actually okay. Compared to the car you're talking about, John, the the California custom coach Corvettes are attractive cars. They might actually be worth if I don't know if I can honestly ever really say a car's worth two hundred thousand dollars. I don't care if it's a Lamborghini. I don't care if it's a Ferrari. You know, you get into two hundred thousand dollars. It's a different league. I would probably be able to justify spending the extra two hundred thousand dollars for the California cars as opposed to this car. Yes. But they somehow took two. This car was built in 1990. They took two, some C3 Corvettes. I have no idea what years they are. It's carrying the tail of an 81, 82 Corvette. It has, as we talked about on the George Sedlak episode at the very end, if you hung out to the end, uh, it's got, it looks like an Eckler's front clip on it, Eckler's wide body front clip, Eckler's hood, Eckler's nose, and the Eckler's wide body on the rear and some sort of running board down the side of it so that I guess you can have a place to hang your goat carrier or whatever. Kind of got a, um, what do you call it? What What kind of seating position is that when the rear seat's a little elevated over the front seats? Is that a, um, it's like a Pope mobile. Well, it's it's really it's kind of a town car feel because they've got the yeah the although I can't tell in this if the back has it or not but you know you've got the removable t tops out in the front and I cannot tell if the t tops are still t tops in the back or if they've actually molded everything together for structural integrity. Um, and it's got some kind of weird filler panel in the B pillar area that is not very attractive, but uh, let's call it town car esque. I'll go town car esque. It's a high speed town car, evidently. This thing is uglier than hammered dog poop. Is listed three days ago in Gardenville, Nevada. That that might explain that ex- it. Yeah, that explains <laughs> a little okay, bit. What were they asking? Uh, the vehicle is paid off. What were they asking? 12500 129 12, You nine. couldn't pay me 129 to haul it to the scrap yard. It's, uh, I, I wouldn't be seen with that trailer. He's got a little bit more information here. I actually found the Facebook listing. Built in 1990, it's a 78 and 79 Corvette merged together. Automatic small block 350. 1,600 miles on the motor, new tires, <laughs> needs lots of tender, loving care to put it back to show quality. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, like, like cut it back apart <laughs> and put it all back to a, a 79 Corvette? Is that what he's saying? That would be a lot of tender, loving care, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is selling it for a friend that has owned it for over 20 years because he can no longer drive nor give it away. Part of that was interjected. 
Uh, he does not need any help selling the car. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> no, no time to waste on non-serious buyers. The car is originally uh, from Canada because it has a uh, metric speedometer. Cash only deal, uh, 12.9. Uh, everybody keeps asking if somebody's wrong with the car. And he's very honest here. It just needs cosmetics. It drives just fine. <laughs> yeah, it needs needs a lot uh, of yeah, co- needs a lot of cosmetic help. <laughs> you said it was in Nevada. Yep. Well, it's in yeah, it's in Nevada. There's a vintage picture of it on Facebook. How did you find it on it Facebook? Doesn't look any. Uh, you can actually click the link where it says Facebook Marketplace in the um, description. Oh, on that the thing you emailed out. Oh, here here is a picture of it in a show. Very empty show. Looks like it's in a high school gymnasium. Oh, yeah, I found it. Gardner. Okay, where are you talking about in the article you sent? Because I do not have it in the article you sent. I just went to Facebook and found it. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, it says listed for sale on Facebook Marketplace. Click Facebook Marketplace. It looks like it's Pearl. Of course, you're on your phone. It might be different. Oh, my God. Hey, it's got a white interior. Oh, it's got a TV yeah, it does point out it does have a CRT TV in the back seat, which would have been state of the art for 1990. And unlike the California cars, this one has a bench seat in the back, so it'll oh. seat five. Or, or whatever object you happen to pick up in Vegas right. while you're in Nevada getting the car, you would you would have room to enjoy them in the back. My goodness. Hmm. Ooh, ooh, ooh! Even better pictures. Oh, sorry, better pictures might not be the right word. Split fold down rear seats. Mm. Man, man, man! That is a whole yeah. lot of bad. Like I said, Derek, uh, you know, doesn't feel he could justify to the board on purchasing the car. So take your thirteen thousand dollars you were going to donate to the National Corvette Museum. No, 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 and no. Just go ahead and. Purchase the car for him and and donate it. No, take the thirteen thousand and just give it to the museum. Yeah, but they won't use it properly and buy this car. This car needs to no, be preserved. No, it does not. And I think the reason it ne- it needs to be preserved to show people sometimes GM does get it right, and you shouldn't mess <laughs> with it. <laughs> I, I will say I would I I can justify having one of the California custom coach. Corvettes in the museum because of the company, the the actual styling effort and work that went into it, uh, the the story of it, a one off custom like this. Uh, that's just I, I have no words. Pretty bad. I will say at this very moment, I am getting on Facebook and I'm sharing this car to the No Driving Gloves page. Sweet. So if you haven't been to our page and you haven't seen this car, I'm making the post about 9.30 on March 2nd, 9.30 at night, 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Go back and this way you can enjoy what we're seeing. Hopefully the car is still available. You can see this. So that means we're done. Yeah, I think we're going to go ahead and end ah. it right there. <laughs> I, can, I, don't think, I don't think I could end a show any worse than 
what we just did here. So to everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, remember, check go to the, the website, nodrivinggloves.com. All your subscription links, everything's there you need. Facebook, Twitter, um, buy, buy us a coffee. Everything's there. Fill out the survey, potentially win 25 bucks. Uh, let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. And it's been great talking to you guys this Peace week. Peace out. It's been good having Will back. Yay! Thank you for listening, and remember to look us up at nodrivinggloves.com. There you can find back episodes, links to products we recommend, and links to all of our social media. Be sure to tell a friend about us. No Driving Gloves is edited and produced by J. Lewis Productions. 